2: I will call upon you to do a service for me Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com Welcome
0: to the family
3: VGW Group, no purchase necessary were prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus Blob Talk Radio
2: Insider, the show that takes you inside the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry.
4: From Indianapolis, Indiana, to Azusa, California, and from Bellingham, Washington, to Fairbanks, Alaska, to wherever it is you may be listening, welcome to GNAC Insider, your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Coming up a little bit later in tonight's GNAC Insider, we're going to talk to Brian Scott, the head coach at the University of Alaska, his volleyball team, the GNAC Team of the Week, we'll tell you why. Also a little bit later tonight, Jordan Bartleson, the GNAC Defensive Player of the Week for the Western Washington University Women's Soccer Team, will join us. Gary Pine, the Athletic Director at Azusa Pacific, will join us. He'll talk about a big football game that you can see this weekend between the leaders in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference and, well, leading off the show this evening... From the NCAA offices, actually at home now, back in Indianapolis, Indiana tonight, Sonia Robinson, the Director of Diversity and Inclusion there for the Office of Inclusion at the NCAA. And Sonia, we really appreciate you making time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Thanks for joining us this evening.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
4: There are several things I want to talk with you about tonight, but first of all, let's give those listening to GNAC Insider tonight a little bit of a a 10,000 foot look at the Office of Diversity, Inclusion, uh, and Inclusion. Talk a little bit about what that office is and what some of its key components are and and programs that it uh, it works with.
0: Absolutely. Rob, our Our purpose at the national office is really to help serve the membership, so our over 1,100 colleges, universities, and conference offices who serve our student-athletes. And so what we do at the Office of Inclusion is provide funding, we provide education, we do the research and, and create resources. We also put on our own forum for, to do diversity and inclusion education. So really it's about trying to help our universities and colleges create inclusive environments where our student-athletes can come and be themselves and actually give their best to their, their performance both on the court and off the court in, in academics too.
4: Now, my understanding is kind of the scope of your job has to do with not only race and ethnicity, but disabilities as well for for student athletes, and, and I'm sure it, it, it's a little bit broader than that, but is that kind of the scope?
0: That is correct. We actually have five areas of focus within the Office of Inclusion, and as you mentioned, it does include disability and race, ethnicity, and those two areas are, are areas that I'm point of contact for, but we also serve the areas of international student-athletes, LGBTQ community, and then also women, our gender equity. So we also have folks who, who lead those efforts in, through our office, too. That said, we also talk about the, the theory of intersectionality, knowing that no person comes into any situation with only one identity. And so yeah. while we talk about having five different areas or focus areas, we really are talking about the broad spectrum of diversity. And diversity doesn't just mean race, ethnicity, it doesn't just mean gender, It's really about all of the identities, the backgrounds and experiences that everyone brings to the workplace or to the field or to the court.
4: Sonia Robinson, the director of inclusion for the NCAA, is joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. And, And that is just a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk with you about, because going on this week, it is the Student Athlete Advisory Committee and uh, the Minority Opportunities and Interest Committee. You're, you're focusing on a social media campaign around the areas of diversity and inclusion. Can you talk a little bit, first of all, about how that campaign came together, the, the social media campaign? My understanding was that came up through the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Is that, is that true?
0: Yes, the the actual beginning of that campaign came through the Minority Opportunities and Interest Committee. Now, through our Office of Inclusion and through our staff, we are liaisons to a number of committees that work on diversity and inclusion efforts for the association, and the Minority Opportunities and Interest Committee is one of those. That particular committee's charge is to review programming initiatives and policy for its impact on minority Coaches, student athletes and administrators. And so when that committee was meeting about, a, about I think probably a few, few months ago, they were really talking about their strategic plan and trying to decide what they were going to be doing for the upcoming year. And they had four areas of impact that they talked about. One was recommendations, and that goes toward the policies that we're talking about and legislative efforts. Another one was research, so looking at the evidence that we find out about what's happening in, our, in the student athlete experience and across the association's programs. And then another one was about programming and what, what efforts that the committee themselves could be part of. And then finally there was the idea of partnerships. And within that conversation about partnerships, The idea of talking to student-athletes and really getting them involved in diversity and inclusion efforts was primary in that conversation. And so they wanted to partner with SAC, which is the Student-Athlete Advisory Committee, to to see how they could actually do that and bring the student-athlete voices to the forefront. We do have three student-athlete members on that committee. So they were actually the leads in developing this idea of this campaign. And so when the committee had their conversations and talked about what they wanted to do with each day, they asked those student athletes to take it back to their national SAC meetings and you find us where we are now. Certainly we had staff in the national office who supported, i like to mention Yannick Kluk, who's our, our postgraduate intern for this year, he's actually a Dr. Yannick Kluk because he just finished his Ph.D., but he was the staff member who really helped create the, the campaign in assistance with those student-athletes.
4: Now, as we mentioned, that campaign, that diversity and inclusion social media campaign going on this week, it started yesterday around the theme of more than a student-athlete, and that that gets to the point that you made previously, highlighting student-athletes' multiple identities. Today, the focus was about beyond a label that was about debunking athletics-related stereotypes. Tomorrow, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this one. It's going to be on what's called The Facts, sharing some diversity statistics, some facts and figures around this issue. And then uh, coming up later this week, Diversity Is, it'll talk about what diversity and inclusion means to the people who are participating in this social media campaign. And things wrap up Friday with I Pledge To, meaning uh, commitment to a personal action plan for inclusion. So those are the five themes that are going on throughout this week. How has this campaign been received? And, and talk about who is participating in it, because it's not just student-athletes, as I understand it. It's student-athletes, it's members of athletic departments, coaches, administrators, and others, and it's also the fans of particular sports and particular institutions that are participating in this discussion as well online, correct? Correct.
0: That is absolutely correct. We're very excited to see how this campaign has been taking off. You know, again, you said – that it started yesterday. We sent some some tweets out starting Sunday to get everyone prepared. And the hashtag of NCAA inclusion has just been adopted by so many people who are supportive of the campaign, yes, including fans, and definitely the student-athletes are leading all of those efforts. They've had great support from their athletic departments, from their sports information directors. You'll see great graphics out there. You have action shots and student-athletes sharing their, their beliefs and their, their comments about who they are beyond being a student-athlete. On Monday, actually, the the hashtag was trending number eight in the nation. So we were very excited about wow. that. So, again, just, just great stuff happening. You know, you've got schools across the country at all all divisions and all levels, even conference offices jumping in. So it's it's been really great to see what everybody's creativity is, is, is bringing forth.
4: Well, and again, we're looking forward to what we see here online the rest of the week or participating. Once again, go ahead and mention where people can get involved online again if they want.
0: Certainly. You can go to the website and check out some some ancillary information or get some more more ideas of what's going on for each day, and that website is ncaa.org backslash inclusion, or also on on social media. If you you find that hashtag, NCAA inclusion, you'll see what's going on. You'll be able to join in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about that, excited about all the upcoming events we have with the Office of Inclusion, and we just are excited that folks are tuning in.
4: Sonia Robinson, the Director of Inclusion at the NCAA, is joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. She has been a friend of the GNAC for many, many years. Uh, she participated in the GNAC's Women in Sports Career Seminar held in Portland a couple of years ago. Matter of fact, the NCAA provided grant funding that made that event possible Talk about, and again, we've talked a lot about the social media campaign and a little bit about the office, but what are some of the other key initiatives uh, that you have been associated with as a member of the NCAA staff as you have been now for the last uh, three years?
0: No, thanks for that. Uh, certainly, we have a number of, of activities that are coming up that we're excited about. I think the the next one that would be of interest to to most folks is we have an event called Common Ground which is being led by our managing director for inclusion Amy Wilson. That's happening at the end of this month and beginning of next month and I I believe your your next guest is going to be part of that too. But there's, you know, things of that nature. Common Ground is actually a, an event that brings together individuals from the LGBTQ community as well as religious and and faith-based backgrounds to really come and talk about where they have common ground and similarities because when we talk about this work in diversity and inclusion, it really is about leveraging our differences to be able to do great things together. So we're excited about that. Another one, our convention coming up in January that's going to be in Orlando, we have some inclusion programming that's specific to, again, inclusion in sports. So we have those things. We've got the woman of the year award that's coming up we've got an annual award for diversity inclusion that comes out of our office and then finally but not you know not lastly we have our inclusion forum which happens in april and it will be happening this april next april i'm sorry in atlanta georgia the 26th to the 28th and it's a a big forum that we have great people coming to and giving presentations and so we just invite everybody to join us and and participate in in the great work that's that's going on from the ncaa
4: I'm going to ask you right on the air right now, can we have you back on as a guest at some point in the future to maybe talk about some of these additional programs? Because this time has gone far too quickly tonight and there's (laughs) still a lot of ground we need to cover, I think, because this is a very interesting issue and it's a very important issue to the success of student-athletes. I don't think there's any question about that.
0: You're absolutely right, and it would be my pleasure to come back
2: anytime.
4: Well, Sonia, we really appreciate you joining us tonight from back in Indianapolis. Thank you for being our first guest tonight on GNAC Insider. Congratulations on the success of the social media campaign, everything you're doing back there at the NCAA offices, and we will have you back on again sometime this year here on GNAC Insider. So thank you again for joining us here tonight, and have a great rest of your evening.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
4: Thank you very, very much. Sonia Robinson joining us tonight NCAA Director of Inclusion and from Sonia now we move out to California to talk to a man who I've known for boy longer than I want to I want to remember Gary Pine the Athletic Director at Azusa Pacific Gary I knew you when you were the Sports Information Director down there and that's been uh, a number of years ago now now serving as the Athletic Director for your seventh season at Azusa Pacific but you have been there at Azusa since 1984 so your uh, your as you, after you graduated there so your uh, your career has been uh, pretty much uh, focused on right around Azusa Pacific and uh, Azusa California true
3: yeah i, I agree with you Rob. it's great to hear from you again great to talk to you and thanks again for having me on GNAC Insider but yeah the ap is uh, branded on my forehead pretty good uh, the identity <laughs> of uh, of Azusa Pacific is, is uh joined with me at the hip and uh yeah i am a cougar through and through
4: well, there's no question about that. And you've got to be very proud of your football team nationally ranked again this year. Matter of fact, your only loss in a last second field goal to FCS North Alabama on the road. 3-0 and each victory coming by double-digit margin. And this Saturday against Central Washington, the game is going to be shown nationally on ESPN3 as part of the NCAA Division II Football Showcase. I've got to assume that uh, that there is a lot of buzz around APU about this uh, this coming weekend and the football game and the television coverage and the like. Is that is that a fair assessment?
3: Boy, when you talk about uh, the history of Central Washington and Azusa Pacific, you talk about ESPN being on campus for the first time ever, and you talk about the significance of this game. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of excitement about this. Uh, when you look at the two of the last three meetings between These two fine teams in down here in Southern California. They came down to the final play of the game. Just crazy plays that uh, didn't actually work in our favor, and they certainly worked in Central Washington's favor. This is always a close game. And, yeah, first place in the GNAC once again is on the line between uh, Central Washington and and Azusa Pacific when we meet this week.
4: Wildcats 3 and 2, uh, they're coming off a, a tough loss at home this past Saturday yep. as they yep. lost to West Texas A&M, and they've also lost to Eastern Washington University. But they are also undefeated in GNAC play. So, as you mentioned, yep. this is for the top spot in the conference. But the Wildcats are going to have to watch out for your wide receiver, Brandon Jackson, GNAC Offensive yep. Player of the Week, in your victory against Humboldt, the uh, 37-21 victory. He had 13 receptions for 149 yards and a pair of touchdowns as well. Uh, great game for Jackson. Was that his best game in a Cougar uniform?
3: Yes, it is. And to be honest with you, he's coming back from an injury. He missed all of last year. He had a fabulous 2016 season when we, uh, as, a, when, as a freshman, we made it to the NC2A playoffs for the first time ever. Missed last year with an injury. It's great to have him back in there. And, I'll be honest with you, with him on one side and Weston Carr, the All-American, on the other side, uh, our quarterback, Ty Williams, has uh, a lot of options, uh, great talent to throw to, and it was great to see uh, Brandon really shine on on Saturday against Humboldt State.
4: You talk a little bit about the postseason, and that's something you're very familiar with, uh, serving as a member of the Super Region Rating Advisory Committee and also the D2 National Committee. What are some of the additional responsibilities, along with all your responsibilities there at Azusa Pacific, that those two committee assignments bring yeah. to you as well?
3: Well, we just started this past week with our first uh, national phone call with all the regional advisory committee members. And what the NC2A does in Division Two is they divide the nation into four super regions. Uh, our, as you mentioned, we're in Super Region Four, which includes all the, school, all the football playing institutions in the GNAC the Lone Star Conference, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, and the Northern Sun Conference, which is out of uh, Minnesota and the the Dakotas. Those schools comprise the Super 4 region, and I, along with the head coach at Colorado State Pueblo, we chair the Super Region 4 uh, Rating Advisory Committee. And beginning, um, oh, I want to say late October, we will begin rating our region, all the schools from those conferences, and uh, determining who the top seven schools are in our region. Those top seven schools will then advance into the 2018 uh, NCAA Division II playoff field for 2018. And then I serve on the national committee, and the national committee will determine the pairings and the times, location of those, of those playoff games. And then also as a national committee member, we deal with other uh, football championship uh, issues, or I should just say football issues, uh, in terms of what comes across that affects the sport at our level. Uh, It's an honor to be on it. I'm grateful to GNAC Commissioner Dave Haglund who submitted my nomination to be on the committee, and uh, it's been a real joy to be on that and work with men who are commissioners, athletic directors, head coaches from across the country in terms of promoting uh, NCAA Division II football and its championship series.
4: Well, and I think you bring a unique perspective because you were a sports information director as well. So you're a fought with a fine print when it comes down to statistics and things like that and you know how to how to put that into the uh, to the mix as well when you're doing those kind of ratings. I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one other thing. Your son Jared Pine is a former GNAC insider yeah. producer. <laughs> And uh, and he, a couple years back now, I can't believe how quickly time has flown. Yeah. What is Jared up to today?
3: Well, uh, he's up to six foot seven. I'll say that. <laughs> he, he keeps growing. Uh, but Jared uh, is the director of sports information for the Pacific West Conference out here in, in California and Hawaii. He's in his second year doing that. Uh, he parlayed his experience in the Gene Act. Uh, into a full-time job with the pac West. He's absolutely loving it. Uh, and, yeah, he's like his dad. He loves the numbers, loves to dive into the numbers, and then he really likes to write about what he discovers in the numbers. But he's done doing a great job for the pac West and promoting the sports here in, in, in that conference. He just recently got married about seven weeks ago, and he and his young bride uh, live in Orange County, not too far from the conference offices. And uh, every time I see him or talk to him, he's talking about the joys of, of working in college sports and working in the division two, he's found his niche. And I think so many of us know that, that this level of college athletics is just pure fun and
4: joy. Oh, there's no question. There's no question about it. And and Jared and I were, were pretty close when he worked for the GNAC and that was something yeah. he said. He he was, he's a, he was D2 through and through. And he had hoped, he hoped to remain at that level. And he has. And would you, uh, if you, if you would for, uh, for me, just tell him hi next time you you talk to him and we miss him. And, and we're just so proud that he's doing so well.
3: Say this: I need to say this about Jared. Yes. His heart belongs to the Pac West right now because he doesn't know what side his bread is buttered on, but he still follows the GNAC very closely and he still pulls for the GNAC teams quite a bit. Uh, he had a great experience up there and, joined the coaches and the athletic directors and the SIDs that he worked with there. And he has high regard for, for the people of the great Northwest athletic conference.
4: Gary, I want to get together with you again soon. Uh, Hopefully we'll have the opportunity to, to meet up and, uh, but until we do, uh, continued success there at Azusa Pacific. We'll be watching. Make sure to get in front of the ESPN cameras this weekend if you can and wave or something so we know you're down there. If you don't, uh, if you don't do that though, we will talk again soon. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, good luck to the Cougars the remainder of the season and continued success to you and to your family. And we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Well, i appreciate the time.
3: Thank you very much, and uh, wish you the best as well.
4: Thank you, Gary Pine, joining us tonight. The Long-time athletic director and a good friend down there at Azusa Pacific. Time now for our GNAC weekly wrap-up. On the football field, as we just mentioned, number 24 Azusa Pacific took care of business against visiting Humboldt State for a 37-21 win. The Cougars are currently tied for first in the conference with number 25 Central Washington, which is still unbeaten in conference play at 3-0, and but did drop a 28-26 decision at home to West Texas A&M this past weekend. In men's soccer, top-ranked Simon Frazier, which is perfect at 9-0 on the year, enters the third week of GNAC play with that perfect record still intact. The D2 leaders were in action for a single match last week, a 1-0 win over Concordia up in Burnaby. On the women's side, Concordia is still number 10 nationally after going to Lacey and posting a 3-0 win against St. Martins. Western Washington is ranked 18th after outscoring St. Martins and Western Oregon 7-0 in its pair of matches on the volleyball court. Western Washington sits at top of the conference with an eight and record in GNAC play. The Vikings are ranked seventh nationally and are currently riding a 13 match winning streak. The most recent victory coming in a three set sweep against Montana state Billings on the golf course, the Western Washington men competed in and won their second tournament of the season, taking the title at the WWU invitational with a score of three under par. Simon Fraser was the other GNAC representative in the top five there in Bellingham. And in cross-country, there were six teams in action last week. Seattle Pacific's Colby Otero and Central Washington's Alexa Shindruck were the runners of the week in the GNAC after a pair of impressive performances. Shindruk was a top non-Division I placer at the Charles Bowles Willamette Invitational. That's what happened last week around the GNAC conference. We're going to come back. We're going to have the opportunity to talk to Jordan Bartelson, star player for the Western Washington University women's soccer team. We'll get to that conversation when GNAC Insider comes back your way right after this brief timeout.
2: If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility.
0: If I fail, I'll rise up with honor.
2: Student athletes work hard to be at the top of their game. Don't undo their hard work with poor sportsmanship. Please show respect to student athletes, coaches, officials, and other fans. Respect is the name of the game. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry.
4: it's my pleasure now to be joined by Jordan Bartelson, Western Washington University women's soccer junior midfielder. Jordan, thanks for making time for us tonight up there in Bellingham.
1: Yeah, no problem.
4: I am very impressed. You are the reigning GNAC defensive player of the week. You helped to anchor a defense that mm-hmm. not, did not allow a shot on goal in road wins over St. Martins and Western Oregon last week. Now, Again, there's a lot of games in which there's shutouts, but I don't know if back-to-back games when shots on goal none were allowed. Was that as good of a defensive series of games as the, as you have played with for the Vikings?
1: Um, yeah, I actually didn't even know that that um, was the stats for the games that weekend until come Monday morning at practice, and everyone was like, "Jay, you got you got a shutout. We got a shutout." <laughs>
4: Talk a little bit, if you will, about your role in the midfield there when it comes to defense like that. What are you doing and how are you helping set the defense to to keep other teams from even, in this case, getting a shot on goal?
1: Um, I think – my my role and my goal for every game is to just be a ball winner, win everything that comes into the defense and help my team to do that, whether it's doubling or communicating. It's just um, – it's a really a mindset, and I take it really personal if I'm not winning every ball or being first to every ball.
4: Now, you grew up and you you played, and you were actually a three-sports star at Puyallup High School – what was it about A, soccer, and B, Western Washington University that encouraged you to play collegiate soccer and to play collegiate soccer for the Vikings?
1: Um, well, my, I played at Washington Premier growing up, and just the team dynamics and the experience I had there and my coach, Seth spidal. he was um, – a really big motivator in wanting me to continue my soccer career. And Western, just the community and the team environment up here, it was a really big motivator in me wanting to come play soccer and be a Western Washington Viking
4: Vikings are ranked number 17 nationally number three in the west region do the players on the team do you ever look at those kind of numbers or talk about those kind of rankings or is that stuff that you just uh that you kind of don't pay much attention to
1: um yeah I I've never really been much into like rankings and stats because I just think you have to go out there and do the job and everything else falls into place. So our team comes out with a mindset to constantly get 1% better, whether that's in practice or a game. And our coaching staff is awesome and they continue to push us and make us the best we can be.
4: You talk about just playing game after game, match after match. You've got two matches on tap this week, but uh, of the two, probably the bigger one is the showdown with second place, Seattle Pacific seven o'clock thursday up in bellingham what do you expect in that match with the falcons
1: uh yeah that's always a fun game they're kind of our rivals so we all we all get really excited for that game and um we're preparing this week we're working hard and hopefully uh the outcome comes in our favor this week
4: away from the soccer field what what are you studying there at western what are your career plans
1: um, as of right now, I'm majoring in communications and my own, um in sociology, and hopefully after that, I plan to get my master's, so.
4: Okay, yeah. uh, communications, sociology, great. What do you want to do? Where do you see yourself in a career?
1: Hmm, well, I I kind of wanted to work like marketing management for maybe a sports team or something, or um, maybe just in human resources or some kind of type of feel like like that I'm not really quite sure yet
4: but you like you like the field of athletics and you'd like to stay around that in some capacity if possible
1: yeah I do enjoy being around that and working with youth and stuff like that too
4: Well, not only are you the reigning GNAC Defensive Player of the Week, you were GNAC All-Academic Selection in 2017. So you're doing it all, not only on the field, but in the classroom (laughs) as well. So, Jordan, congratulations on that. You're doing it the right way. You keep up the good work there for Western Washington. Have a lot of fun Thursday night in the uh, match against uh, Seattle Pacific. And if you're in the Bellingham area, I would highly encourage you to get out because that is, as Jordan said, that's going to be a good one this coming Thursday night, 7 o'clock there at Harrington Field. Hey, Jordan, thanks for joining us here tonight on GNAC Insider. We appreciate it. Thank you. Jordan Bartleson joining us tonight from up in Bellingham. And now on GNAC Insider, we're going to turn our attention to Brian Scott. He's joining us tonight from the University of Alaska, where Brian is the head volleyball coach and. He is leading the reigning GNAC team of the week after going 2-0 and last weekend against Western Oregon and Concordia. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider.
5: Thanks for having me, Rob. Appreciate it.
4: Uh, I appreciate you, you coming on. Talk a little bit, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, about, uh, about those victories against Western Oregon and Concordia. Big weekend for you and the Nanooks there. What, uh, what came together for the team?
5: Yeah, it's uh, it always feels good to get a W, and uh, for sure it was it was a team effort this week. I really felt like uh, we had multiple players who who played very well, and were able to contribute to to making that happen. It's uh, volleyball is a pretty unique sport where no one person can dominate the game. You can't dribble the ball all the way down the court or whatever, and so it takes a Takes a group effort every time we we perform on the floor.
4: That was the uh, first program sweep back to back GNAC sweep at home since 2004. So again, everything seemed must have come together. Was it the offense? Was it the defense? Was it the passing? Was there was there one element that just really rose uh, maybe more than you would have expected? Uh,
5: well, you know we. We track a bunch of stuff in our in our gym all the time, and probably the biggest thing we make an emphasis on is points, and uh, just scoring real points, so we're talking about getting a kill, getting an ace, and uh, getting a block, and this week, we, we really seemed to be able to do that pretty well this week. We were able to score, I think it was over 18 points per set in both of those matches, and that uh, that's a pretty high number that means you're you're only counting on about seven seven points somebody giving to you to finish out a set and so I was really pleased how we did offensively
4: do you have a goal for that point total do you say okay if we go into a, a game if we can score 15 do you feel pretty good or is it 12 or is it 17 is there a threshold that you set
5: yeah, actually, there is. We uh, At the end of the year, each year, we will take a look at the top four teams in the conference, and we like to use that kind of a barometer of where, where we want to be, where we want to go. And so last year, I think it was about 17 points per set, 17.5 points per set that the top four teams in the conference were scoring. And we knew we wanted to be at or near that mark, and so we're trying to kind of constantly get – get closer to that and our our own team goal has been about 16 and a half points per set this year that we think we'll be making progress if we can reach that mark on a consistent basis and this weekend we're able to do that and a little bit more.
4: Brian Scott the head volleyball coach at the University of Alaska joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Well, after uh, being able to play in the friendly confines of the Patty Center there, you have two matches on tap this week, but back in Washington, you take on Seattle Pacific Thursday, and then your road trip continues Saturday afternoon against St. Martin's in Lacey. What do you expect in these two matches this week?
5: Oh every week I anticipate it's just going to be a battle. The, the GNAC is a great volleyball conference. There isn't, there is never a week off and, uh, Seattle Pacific has, has done a great job this year. They've been very hot, uh, with the exception of this last weekend where they, they fell the two very good teams, but, uh, you know, every week is just going to be a battle. And, uh, we look forward to that, though. We, we kind of thrive on, on the adversity, on the challenges that it provides for us each, each and every week. And uh, we're, we're excited to get after it here on Thursday night and uh, hopefully come away with a win. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a battle, I think. I think, as a matter of fact, our last five, five of our last six matches, maybe, with Seattle Pacific have gone five sets.
4: So maybe another five-setter coming up Thursday night.
5: It could be. It could be.
4: You're in your fourth year there as head coach at the University of Alaska. You, uh, you were a very successful assistant at Division one programs at Weber State and Utah State. What was it about Fairbanks? What was it about the Nanooks? What was it about the university, the community, whatever, that drew you there and has kept you there and, and building a successful program?
5: You know, uh, when I when I applied for the the job here in Alaska, I I God, I, I don't know that I really expected or thought, oh yeah, that's going to be the place for me, <laughs> to be honest. But when I uh, when I walked in that gym, uh, all I can say is I, I tell this story to recruits all the time that when I walked in that gym, I just had this feeling, this sense of, hey, this is the place, and we're going to get we're going to be able to do something good here, and uh, Alaska is a great place if you want an adventure, and that's part of what myself and my family we were looking for. We wanted, we wanted an adventure, and for sure we got it here.
4: Well, Brian, we really appreciate you making time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Uh, good luck in your matches this week, Thursday at Seattle Pacific, Saturday at St. Martin's. And again, if you're fans of the Falcons and the, uh, and the Saints, get out and enjoy some great volleyball. The Nanooks are going to get out there and that's good, they're good. Well, who knows? Maybe you'll have two five-set matches to play and you'll be able yeah. to enjoy those this coming, uh, this coming week. So, thank, Brian, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk again soon. And good luck to you and the Nanooks the rest of this year.
5: Thanks again for having me, Rob. Appreciate it.
4: Well, happy to have you on tonight. Brian Scott joining us. We are going to take a look at what's going on around the GNAC this week when GNAC Insider resumes, which it will right after this timeout.
5: The University of Alaska Fairbanks. People come here from all over the world in search of something extraordinary. What they find is the ultimate true-to-life learning experience, where scientists find a never-ending data pool in every direction, where artists have no want for inspiration. Where seekers become scholars and discoveries are made in the here and now, the possibility of greatness is closer than you think. The University of Alaska Fairbanks, naturally inspiring.
2: Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry.
4: Well, coming up around the GNAC this week in football, the conference's leaders will meet in Glendora, California, this weekend. It's number 24, Azusa Pacific, against 25th-ranked Central Washington and the ESPN3 Division II showcase game, kickoff 6 o'clock inside Citrus Stadium. In men's soccer, two teams enter the third week of conference play with undefeated marks in GNAC play. Those two teams will meet on Thursday afternoon in Nampa, As number one Simon Frazier travels to Northwest Nazarene. On the women's pitch, number 10 Concordia got the week started with a victory at Western Oregon earlier today. The Cavaliers will return to the pitch for one more match this week when they host Simon Frazier on Thursday afternoon. Number 18 Western Washington will get the month of October underway with a showdown against second place Seattle Pacific on Thursday before traveling to Central Washington on Saturday night. In volleyball, 11 matches are on tap this week, with all of them being conference affairs. Headlining this week's schedule is a battle tonight between Central Washington and Northwest Nazarene, where two of the conference's three longest winning streaks are on the line. On the golf course, Montana State Billings is the only men's team in action this week, as it competes in the Rocky Mountain College Invitational. All six women's teams are in action at various sites this week, culminating over the weekend in Olympia when five of the teams take to Olympia for the St. Martin's Invitational. In cross-country, five teams will return to action on Saturday at the Division II Conference Crossover and Emerald City Open. And remember that for the latest in the GNAC, you can go to GNACsports.com to find news, statistics, standings, and pretty much everything else that you'd want to know. Also, you can connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. We'll wrap up this episode of GNAC Insider, and we will do that right after this timeout.
2: Remember, if you don't catch us live, listen to GNAC Insider over iTunes or at GNACSports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Why choose Western Washington University?
5: Go to school in one of Outside Magazine's Dream Towns, minutes from both the mountains and the sea.
2: Ranked by U.S. News and World Report as the number one public master's granting university in the Pacific Northwest.
5: The number one producer of prestigious Fulbright scholarships in the nation among public master's granting
2: institutions. The number one medium-sized school in the nation for graduates who join the Peace Corps.
3: Western Washington University.
2: Active Minds, Changing Lives.
4: Well, that's been another fast-moving GNAC Insider. Thank you to our guests tonight, University of Alaska Volleyball Head Coach Brian Scott. Also thanks to Western Washington Soccer Midfielder Jordan Bartleson, to Azusa Pacific Athletic Director Gary Pine, and to the NCAA's Director of Inclusion, Sonia Robinson, for all joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Also thanks to our producer, Connor Pelton, Thanks to Dave Hagelin, the commissioner of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, and thanks to you for joining us. We'll be back your way next Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Pacific time, for our next edition of GNAC Insider. Until then, you consider yourself a GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry saying... So long for
2: now. You've been listening to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACSports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.